Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest. Sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. <laughs> What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast, episode 69. You know we're flipping it and dipping it and sucking it and sipping it in this very sexy episode of the Ghost Shrimp and Friends podcast. We've been gone for a couple of weeks. I've been busy. Um, We had some visitors in town and uh, wasn't able to jump on the pod. Tried to pull one together with uh, deep nuts and foam breeze, but we couldn't get them both on the same <laughs> internet connection at the same time. That will be coming. Uh, I wanted to get you know extra spicy and extra saucy with them, but uh, it didn't didn't come together. But um, building off of the last episode with homeboy Dalton Stark, aka Velvet Dojo. Uh, I wanted to get his partner in crime, his partner in the residency, his buddy in the workshop, uh, Max Wilkins, a.k.a. Camp Champ Mouse Barf, um, up on this. So we uh, gave him a call and we jumped up on here on the Skype and had a great little combo. Um, He, too, is early in his career as a visual artist and uh I wanted to uh get him on here talking about that they the two uh podcasts go well together I think um cuz these guys are buddies and at very similar places in their lives and and careers and minds and souls these beautiful beautiful boys <laughs> so uh yeah it was fun this one actually went a little bit long i think we were like an hour 40 on this uh we were we were just in here cooking just catching up just having fun but i think there's a lot of really good stuff in here a lot of really good ideas for people that are starting out um, in their freelance visual art careers, Max did not go to art school. Um, he was working another job and and really, uh, you know, took some initiative and and he's come up with a lot of great ideas about how to drum up kind of these these beginning level jobs, getting paid to draw the kind of things that he wants to draw for his career. So um, I think people are really going to dig this one. And he's a rad dude. His art is rad. He posts up a ton of stuff. I think we forgot to talk about the daily drawing. Um, stuff he's been doing on his Instagram, but he puts up a lot of stuff. So be sure to check it out. Um, the link will be in the, he shouts it out at the end and there'll be a link in the description so you can click on it and check it out. So, uh, fuck, let's just jump into this cause it's a juicy one. Uh, let's kick it over to my man, AWOL1. Give us a little theme song action. <laughs> Broadcasting live from another dimension. Broadcasting live from another dimension. Go shrimp, 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 shr
All right, here we are back once again with Ghost Scout Mouse Barf year. What was it? Year seven yeah. camp champion. Yep. None other than my man Max Wilkins. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Good yeah, back. it's been a minute. What was the last pod you were on? The Summit Pod. Yeah, yeah, where I played the. The penny whistle. <laughs> yes, you you played the whistle flute, and you told an amazing story about uh, a date with a corpse and a bird woman, and that, that that pod definitely one of my absolute favorites of all time. And that story was very meaty. Thank you. I mean, yeah, it's all it's all an experience of of going on an adventure. That's right. That's right. You've had a very adventurous year. So yeah, um, we taught. We definitely referenced you uh, on the last podcast where we checked in with our man Dalton Stark, uh, who you did the residency with uh, two years ago, or no, one year. It ended a year ago. Yep. And you too have been out, uh, leaving that residency, went out and went to seek your fortune as a freelance visual artist and had good success with that. And you've been doing it for a little over a year now, right? Almost two years. Yeah. Because I was doing it uh, before the, the residency. Okay. Oh, so you were already. Okay. So you were already yeah. doing it. Okay. So yeah. T- so, so, so tell us, tell the listeners about that, about that, you know, give us a little recap and, and bring us up to speed on where you're at. Starting from like the workshop, basically. Like, I don't know. Yeah. How did you get into the workshop? Start. Yeah. So yeah, like, I mean, I guess just like a short bio would be like, I went to art, like, I'll start with architecture school because everything before that was kind of a winding path. But yeah, once I got into architecture school, I was like getting really into drawing and stuff. And then when I got a job in architecture after school, I was like just hating it because it sucks working in an office. And uh, it was creative a little bit, but you know, other than that, it was just like any other office job. And um, and so, what was your like daily existence at the architecture firm like? Well, I was lucky to work in firms that gave me some like design opportunities. Like I got to design like a li- like a kids library and like at a school and like design some like lobbies for like a law firm and stuff like that, which is kind of like cool cuz I had some creative freedom in it, but like obviously it was just concept design, so like the designs I don't even know if they were built or anything like that. But as far as work goes, like I'd drive my bike to work get there early in the morning, just sit at the computer all day, like talk to my coworkers about fuck whatever lawnmower they bought that weekend. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Very mainstream. Yeah. And I realized pretty quickly that it was not going to be my future. And I started listening to your podcast during work, actually. Wow. And, and so I, you just found it randomly? Well, I found it through Andy J. Miller's podcast because okay. I found his podcast through like the iTunes like podcast site or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I think one of the first episodes I listened to was your interview with him on that. Wow. And I was just like, and that was the first time I heard of you. And like, I mean, obviously I'd seen your work on a bunch of time, but I didn't know who you were. And then like, uh, I just got like so obsessed with that podcast, like your podcast and Andy's podcast and like. I'll just be sitting at work and I actually have all the notes that I took in like this box and like, oh my God. like stacks of notes that I just would take when I was listening to you guys' podcast. And I would wow. just put them in the 
pocket at the end of the day and like bring them home, put them in a box and just like type them all out. And I was like so obsessed with like being an illustrator. <laughs> I was just like, this wow, is gonna... that's so interesting. So what were the notes like? Were they more like technical things or were they more like the kind of like metaphysical, like life quest things? What was the stuff that was resonating with you? I think it was a combination of those two things, mm-hmm. like specifically like business ideas and like, inspirational like motivational stuff because i think that's kind of like i feel like you and andy both kind of gave me both of those like things that's really what i learned from you guys and um so yeah and i still to this day i still do the same thing so and then uh yeah and then so i quit my full-time architecture job and like took a part-time job at a different firm so i could take your workshop and like really focus on it and have a couple extra days free to work on that and start like building a portfolio and and then in january i remember i was talking to you during the workshop and i was like dan i think i'm gonna quit my job i was like should i do it and you were just like i cannot tell you yes or no you have to make that decision like for yourself and then like a few days later i put in my notice and like i quit and i started working full-time for like a month illustration and I didn't even tell my parents like for like a whole month. And then like they came up for dinner one time and they were like, so how's like work going and everything? And I was like, I quit my job like a month and a half ago. <laughs> and they were just like, what? <laughs> so I had to explain to them like what I was doing. But And what was their response? Because that was one of the notes that I had written down. I remember them being sort of skeptical about this uh, transition of yours, right? Yeah, because I started telling them I want to be an illustrator like a few months into getting my first architecture job. And they were like, you just went to architecture school and like you have a great job and like you want to quit <laughs> like you just started. And uh, and they were definitely like very nervous. My mom was like definitely more open to it than my dad was. And I think my dad finally kind of came around to it when I kind of proved that I could do it like full time. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was more open to it at the beginning, I think, but, uh, but yeah, they're, they're pretty open-minded people. So I'm really like fortunate and now they're like very supportive of me, like, which is great. So, so it's been about two years since you were in the workshop then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was falls ago. Okay. That makes fall. sense. Yeah, which is crazy because I feel like I've done so many things since then. Right. And what kind of jobs were you getting when you were in the workshop? Um, I basically, so I was living in the city I'm living in now, and I was just doing uh, anything I could get. But I started, my first jobs that I was getting were um, gig posters for like local bands. And I was I was only getting paid like 30 bucks for a poster. Mm-hmm. But then once I started doing a few of them, I... Um, I started getting offers to do bigger ones. And so I was doing like $200 posters and then. And like how many jobs did you do before you jumped up to having bigger jobs come in like that? Not as many as you'd expect. I feel like it was only like a few months probably of doing like the smaller ones before I was able to like get jobs where I was able to like pay my all my bills and stuff. So you maybe did like half a dozen $30 type of jobs and then you started getting offers to do a couple hundred dollar type of jobs. Yeah. And I think part of that was also just like realizing that people would pay for it if I increased my prices. So that's like a huge part of pricing is just asking for uh, For a fair, like a fair rate. (laughs) 
Yeah, and it's tricky because sometimes you ask and like, I feel like it's either like, it's rare that you hit it right on the nose with the price that they were thinking. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, usually it's like either I ask and they're like, that's way too much. Or they're like, that's great. Like, that's such a great deal. And I'm like, shit, I probably could have asked for more. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I've definitely done both of those. <laughs> yeah. So you never know. But like, yeah. And then the other thing I did that really helped me confidence wise and like reputation wise was I DM'd like, I just messaged the art director for like the local art newspaper and I did like a cover for them. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah. The what, what are those called? Like the free entertainment rags that every town has, right? Yeah, this one's very good though. It's like it's a really really thoughtful newspaper. They're like it's really well written and like they have um I don't know. I feel like it's like a, a really good version of one of those kind of newspapers, mm -hmm. you know? So like uh yeah, I don't know. Where I was going with that. Yeah, I, I remember, well, I was asking what kind of jobs you were getting in the workshop, and I remember you working for the local paper when you were in the workshop. Yeah, yeah. And I actually just did another cover for them. That's uh, awesome. Like a month ago. So, yeah, repeat clients are cool. But, yeah, yeah when I got that job the first time, I was like, well, if they're willing to give me money for drawing, then it's not like an anomaly. It's like uh, I can probably find more people to pay me to make drawings so definitely yeah i think if you can work at that entry level scale you know that couple hundred dollar level i think there's a lot of jobs out there for people and i love that you said you know that you you know were able to kind of get into that echelon because i think a lot of people are like that they start out working for 25 50 dollars and then if you stick with it that can turn to a couple hundred dollars and then before you know it, it's $500 and yeah. then, you know, a couple thousand dollar job comes in and, you know, time passes and that becomes more regular than not. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck at the beginning is they're like, how do I make enough money to like pay to be a full-time freelancer? But the answer for me, and I think for a lot of people would help, it would, is just like, there's opportunities all around you. You just got to like be willing to like, not get paid that much at the beginning or like do things that you wouldn't normally think of that like a freelancer would do. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. So, so you're in the workshop and, uh, so, so was there more thoughts about the workshop or you've completed the workshop? Um, at this point. So yeah, I was in the workshop still. Mm -hmm. and, uh, or no, no, I had completed the workshop by the time I went full time. Okay, so. right, right. But yeah, no, that the workshop was amazing. Like it totally set me up mentally, I think, more than anything to mm -hmm. what I did. Like I, I was thinking about I was talking to my friend the other day and like I was just saying how I had this like crazy confidence back then that like allowed me to like be kind of fearless in a way that were like I didn't realize like now looking back, like, I don't think my work was that good. And like, even still, I'm starting to realize like how much better my work could be mm -hmm. in so many ways. But like the, I feel like the workshop just gave me this confidence of like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm just going to make it happen. Like, and like, I don't think you need to have the most insane like skills or like portfolio. You just have to have something that like people thinks kind of cool and like would pay for so totally yeah i don't think my work was like insane when i was starting out you know <laughs> like i yeah. was just like i was super pumped about it and i was just going after it with both hands yeah yeah same yeah so yeah that's what i learned out of workshops just like mentality 
Yeah, that's for sure what I feel like I'm teaching mostly and just teaching people to just do, yeah, like be confident and just do what you want to do. Like, you know, because you don't want to create a career that you don't enjoy, that you turn around and go, all right, I'm paying my bills as an artist, but wait, I don't like what I'm doing. Like that would be the worst of all outcomes, I th- I feel like. So, you know, it's <laughs> like, it's like, you know, have fun at the desk, build up that confidence. But yeah, just like make sure that you're building your career around your version of things, doing what you want to do right the the you know it's it's really me coaching people on but people really figuring out how to each week dig within themselves to fulfill that assignment and push themselves to complete that assignment in their own way yeah definitely and getting some low low pressure chops like high enough pressure because like you're accountable to to the people in the workshop in the group and stuff but low enough pressure where you hopefully feel free to you know explore explore and experiment and find your voice in like a supportive environment and atmosphere you know definitely it definitely did that for me like so. a little in between it's like a limbo in between like just sitting at your desk doing your own thing and like working for an art director right like it's yeah. like a it's like a safe limbo hopefully yeah yeah Definitely. And like the kind of fun illustration style that kind of was like kind of like the I mean, that comes from your work and like the people in the workshop, I think is attractive to people like mm-hmm. it's just kind of fun. And like like people just like that kind of work, I think, in general. So yeah. it kind of gave me a good direction to start with, like with my work. Now I'm trying to like kind of dig in more to my own interests and like shed away from like the things that I've kind of um absorbed but aren't necessarily my like voice mm-hmm. yeah as an artist you're constantly like absorbing things and, like mistaking it for your own interests maybe sometimes mm-hmm. because i just feel like, like with your work like for example like i love your work because it it makes things exciting for me that aren't normally exciting for me and mm-hmm. that comes from your interest like your interest in like paranormal stuff and like conspiracies and like smoking weed and stuff and all those things are cool but i'm not necessarily interested personally in them but but by looking at your work i become interested in them and i think a lot of people have that thing where it's like they love an artist because they're absorbing a truth from that artist that but it's not their truth but they can mistake it for their truth does that make sense yeah yeah totally so yeah i'm kind of trying to like dig deeper into my own interests and like and yeah, that self-discovery phase more. Um, yeah, and I think that's what you always do. You're you're inspired by other things, and you know you gravitate. You know, if if in some level technically and conceptually in that direction, but then you're always kind of pulling it back and making it your own, and kind of figuring out that balance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, did your is your has your dad uh, come around now? Does he? <laughs> Does he is he like super pumped on your uh visual art career? Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely like proud of me and yeah. like happy that I'm like doing my own thing and like he said before, like like man, like I wish I was like I had the balls to like to do my own thing and like and all that. But I think also he grew up in like a different time where sure. you know. Yeah, where you didn't, where you just went to like try to get the best job you could, probably. Yeah, and he grew up like in a pretty like poor, like rural kind of situation where mm-hmm. it probably was like the best situ- best track for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's different for everybody. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. 
And then another thing that you've done a ton of is album covers, which is obviously one of my personal favorite things. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's so funny how like that was one of our like assignments for the workshop. And I've probably like 50% of my work over the last two years has been like album covers. That's just, awesome. Yeah. Well, it's a great, it's that great thing where, you know, there's artists creating this music and they need album covers and, you know, they're, when, when, when a visual artist and a musician can meet up and make that album t cover together, it's so much fun. Definitely. And like, also I went to music school for a year and a half and like, I'm a musician. So like, it's something very like interesting to me. So I think I have like, I have way more enthusiasm for it because of that yeah. and like you're super into music too like you know anyone who's in really into music i think that's an artist like should explore that because it, it is like a perfect the perfect opportunity to like really like um to do what you want in a piece because usually the artist is open to you doing that yeah so. i feel like there's a lot of a lot of freedom in album covers and yeah especially because you were you got a lot of those jobs through um soundcloud right just kind of emailing people on soundcloud is that right well um the second like kind of round of them that i did came through soundcloud but the first kind of way i did it was i made like a series of portraits of musicians on instagram mm -hmm. and so i just did like 20 portraits i think and this was like, just for yourself it was but there was a definitely a business strategy but like no, but they weren't hired out pieces. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. They yeah, it was like a targeted personal project. Like this is the kind of work I want to be doing. Let me do it. Let me get it up there and have people see it and hire me. Right. Yeah. 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 So I would like do the portrait and then I would post it and tag the artist and then they would usually repost it and then I would get like a bunch of followers from their kind of like industry or like the people who are interested in that stuff and then. By the end of it, I was just getting like a bunch of work. It was really cool. That's very smart. I see people do that all the time on Instagram with like podcasts, like especially comedians, like they'll they'll do they'll draw something from Joe Rogan's podcast or Crystalia's podcast or Theo Vaughn or whatever and they'll like tag them in it or you know, they'll do some portraits of UFC guys or, you know, the righteous gemstones on HBO and like tag the people in it. I see a lot. Like even like I saw some kid do like a Danny McBride drawing and tag him and like this kid doesn't have that many followers and then like Danny McBride's comment commenting on it like i was like wow that's such a cool strategy yeah yeah instagram changed like everything because you can like you can contact anyone exactly and that's like yeah when i was coming out it was myspace right it was like i was coming out in 2003 and that's exactly like myspace had just started to kind of happen and over the next couple of years yeah you could just message any group any any band you wanted to basically and that's how i really launched doing album a ton of album covers because started out doing it for my friends and then just started going to shows and showing my work to the people i'd go early and hang out and show my work to them and then just message everybody on fucking myspace yeah yeah it's so cool i was like when i was in portugal i like um i made like a spreadsheet and I was like, my goal was just to like fill it with like a hundred artists on like SoundCloud and just email like 10 of them every day. And like, I, I generated so much work through that. Like if you make, if you can make like a plan and like really um, like execute it, it, 
it's like so powerful. That's so awesome. I love that you say that because yeah, so many people I feel like are like, what do I do? How do I do this? And it's like a lot of times it's a very common sense thing. Like you just said, it's like, okay, let me just write down all these people. Let me just message them. You know, yeah. odds are that somebody that I'm going to get a hit on somebody, you know, exactly. like, cause yeah, before that we, I remember people used to talk about doing this and I did this because I heard people talking about it where I would go to Barnes and Noble and I would just look in every magazine that had illustrations and I would write down the art director's name and sometimes their email would be in there or sometimes you could figure out their email from like the formula by looking on the website of the, you know, and figuring out it's like a dot blah, blah, blah at newyorktimes.com, you know, like you could figure out the formula, whatever. And I would just email all these art directors and I can't remember how many of those turn into jobs, but that's you need to just be out there applying yourself and trying you know just sitting around thinking like thinking of the just sitting around thinking of things that you can't think up is not going to work you know like like oh how do i do this i don't know you just got to be like damn what are things that i can do and how can i do it can i go down and get the get the local cafe to hire me to do a 150 dollar shirt you know let me see if i can do that yes exactly yeah it's it's, I heard like a really good quote and I'm guess uh, this is a pretty common like quote but like um, or like idea but like the people who are successful are people who who worry about things that they have control over mm-hmm. it's like you have control like you have that information so like use it and like yeah I yeah and know. it's like well also the another way of saying that is like people that are successful are people who find solutions and people that are not successful are people that find problems right you know people like that where all they can find is problems every time you talk to them they've got problems they you can't even believe how many problems these people can find and then you look at the people that are crushing it and of course everybody's got problems and this and that but all they seem to be talking about is solutions, man. They're figuring it out. They're being clever. I didn't think of that. They're trying this, you know, it's like, and I love that. I love that energy. And obviously that's, you know, what we try to kind of build that mentality. Like we're talking about mentality, all about that mentality in the workshop and, and scouts and, and everything we do. That's, that's the number one thing. If you're a person, if you can wrap your head around just finding solutions, your life is going to be so much more enjoyable than it is if you're out there just looking for problems yeah yeah definitely i think the mind kind of automatically goes to problems because it's a survival thing exactly it is right yeah that's the thing that people say it's like you're supposed to remember negative things because to stay alive like okay this snake just killed my cousin i need to remember this bad experience not like the I, but I forgot about like this apple tree where me and my cousin like ate all these dank apples. I just remembered the snake, you know, <laughs> like right. Right. remember that yeah. negative. Yeah. Um, for me, like the two things that like get me into like a positive mindset and like a kind of like, um, like offensive mindset, I guess you could put it is like one is exercise. Like whenever I like go running afterwards, it's like my mind just switches into like this positive. It's like suddenly I'm just thinking in, in a positive way. It's totally. so weird. Yeah. And like the other thing is like just reading business books and like listening to podcasts and taking notes and just like you just start taking notes and then you start coming up with ideas and then you like start making strategies and then you have a plan. It's like just those two things are like the main things for me that like help me kind of move forward. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, if yeah, if you have a, if you have access to the internet now, I feel like there's no excuse. Like there's so much information out there. 
like your favorite artists have probably all either had podcasts or been on podcasts. And like, there's just so much strategy talk out there and so many ideas out there, you know, that everything used to be word of mouth. And now it's like word of mouth is just like, like now it's like before it's like everybody would have a a website or a, or a, or a social media page. Now everybody has a fucking podcast and everybody's (laughs) talking about their shit. It's amazing. It's like, it's almost information overload. There's so much information. It's like, incredible like if anything there might be might be overwhelming how much information is out there but that's so much easier than having like you know where it really was like who you knew how could you get in contact with this person like can i write this person a letter and maybe they'll respond to me like you know like it's like such a different process yeah definitely yeah definitely i think some people get overwhelmed and then they don't know where to start and then they get like complacent or like yeah because I remember the generation before mine were like, oh, we didn't have computers. We had to like cut and paste everything, like the text, like onto images and like Xerox it and like all this and like <laughs> airmail it overnight. Like I used to, you know, airmail my illustrations into the, you know, magazine or whatever. It's like each time there's like these giant technological leaps. It's just so incredible. Yeah. I can't imagine where we're going to be in like 10 years. Yeah. We're at like the boiling point right now. It's just going to get crazier and crazier. I mean, I think we're just at the, like, now it's all, everything is boiling points. Like, it's going to just keep boiling forever now. It's like, it's just, it's so, yeah. now it's just going to start going into virtual reality. I mean, it already is going into a VR. And, you and know, that. I was just watching the new Netflix thing on biohacking, which is so insane. You know, yes. the, the genetic editing, the yes. CRISPR stuff, that stuff is yeah. like just so next level you know it's like yeah i just can't imagine i'm i'm very excited for like to just be alive and see like what's happening right now like it's a really cool time to be alive like it's like being a sci-fi movie it totally is the swing is like insane like i mean it was probably a crazy swing too when like my parents were like sitting around listening to a fucking radio and then like TV came on and you're like, I'm looking at this person on the other side of the world. But now the swings are just like, so, so revel, like all, all the time. Now it's like, it's like what used to take 50 years now takes five years. Like the leaps are just coming yeah. so much faster and faster and faster now that like, you can't even keep up with it all. Like I'm watching these, you know, I'll watch these documentaries and be like, how the fuck do I not know about this? And how is everybody not talking about this shit? Like it's <laughs> fucking beyond, belief because we're still catching up with the thing that was introduced like last year and it's like yeah but i am always like blown away by how quickly like just the thing about like my grandma texting like how quickly a human can like adapt to technological changes. yeah if they want to totally yeah my yeah my 93 year old grandma is like has an iphone and texts and all that stuff yeah, and she probably grew up, yeah, like when it was just radio. And it's just like, it's wow. It's probably pre radio. When did they Think fucking have the radio? I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like oh, man. 90 like, years ago? Fuck. What's going to be like the iPhone of like 100 years from now? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely all going inside, right? I mean, it's already in our pocket and in our ear and in yeah, our. Yeah. It fucking, will be nothing like an iPhone. It'll, yeah, it'll be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like contacts and like inner ear implants. And then it's just going to be like encoded in your genetics. Like, you know, just going to slip a little fucking nano chip in your embryo, you know, just like a, you'll have organic tech growing inside you and 
You know, you'd be just dipping out of different virtual realities and it's going to be fucking insane, man. It's real. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, talk about, you know, what else is going on? What else is, what else have you kind of found success and also like, you know, you know, any kind of dead ends that you've been encountering in the two years that you've been doing, you know, your career as a freelance visual artist? Yeah. Uh, I guess the main theme over the last two years for me or the last year has been like trying to find a place where I can just do this. <laughs> like, because the funny thing about being a freelancer is that you can do it anywhere. So I was kind of in this mindset for a while where I was like, well, I'm going to like go find like the most awesome place to be and like, and like do it there. And like, it got to a point where I just like couldn't get into a routine. So like I was in Portugal for a while, I was in Philly for a while, but finally I came back here to Rochester where it's just simple and like low cost and just kind of easy going where I can really just get into a routine. So that was, that's a recent hurdle, I guess that. that right. You were, you were, you were uh, dipping your toe in that digital nomad pool, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it was cool, but um, there's definitely something to be said for having like a routine and like consistent day where you know where you're gonna like eat that day and like you don't have to think you don't have to spend mental energy on things other than your work right so yeah that's a recent thing that i've kind of like overcome is just like realizing that i just i'm just gonna stay here for a while and just like focus on my work so yeah yeah i Um, think i mean i guess I could definitely see that. I mean, I could see building it into a project where you're like, I'm going to travel and like draw where I am and like all this stuff. But yeah, I feel like if you're just trying to hit a daily rhythm, that could be for me, especially I could see how that could be tricky. Cause I'm, you know, my strength is definitely in like routine and like yeah. sort of the predictability of it. So yeah, my brain can just forget about everything else. I'm so fucking distractible anyway. Like, yeah, it seems like if there was like all this stimulation and I'm like, oh, I'm in this new place. And like, someone just told me about this fucking amazing spot to go check out. Or like, I just talked to this girl or whatever. Like, man, you know, like I gotta, it seems like there'd be so much of that, like vacation, new place energy swirling that it could be like, if that wasn't directly being like, that wasn't the purpose of the project that could be a little bit tricky. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There were some benefits. Like, uh, looking back, I feel like I made some of my best work when I was in Portugal that mm-hmm. I've made it the past year, which is interesting because I think I was just so inspired. And, like, and you were there for, like, a couple of months? Yeah, I was there for, like, two and a half months. So, um, but overall, like, I think... And what made you pick Portugal? Uh, I had a friend who did that. It's kind of a hot spot right now for, like, people who are like doing the nomad thing because it's really cheap and um it's really nice weather and stuff so that's kind of why i went there yeah and and when you this this whole digital nomad culture you said there was like digital nomad meetups and stuff like that like are there did you encounter a lot of other visual artists or were they all just kind of doing other things um yeah i feel like they're mostly like people who are either working remotely from like another country like from another country um like their home country or they're like designers but i didn't really meet any like illustrators that were doing it i didn't really meet a lot of nomads in general because i tend to just do my own thing so <laughs> digital nomad nomad loner <laughs> yeah, yeah 
Yeah, like one day I was sitting in a cafe and there was like a meetup and I realized that they were all like either like American or Australian or something. And I was like, I could go over and sit with them or I could just not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't you say you like knew about the meeting and you just went like to observe it like stealthily or whatever? No, I didn't know about it like ahead of time. Oh, okay, but okay. I realized when I was sitting there that that's like what it was. Yeah. But... That's yeah. funny. Yeah, there's every one of those. There's probably like some people that like come and observe and then like join or don't join, like <laughs> based on the vibe, right? I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like looking around the room, you see a couple other people watching the group. <laughs> yeah, like everyone in the whole cafe <laughs> on the same like internet chat. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's definitely like a pretty like, um, I mean, it's a very attractive like thing you know, for someone to Yeah, watch. it's very romantic to think like you could exactly. travel this amazing planet. You could just travel it and work from anywhere and but yeah, it's about being in that headspace for work. Right. Yeah, like it'd be interesting talking- to talk to people who are like really into it and re- and making it work for them. I it'd be it'd be cool. I wonder if there's visual artists out there that are that are doing that digital nomad lifestyle and and you know, sustaining it and and really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you have to be someone who is okay with like solitude. Like Daniel Foothead seems like he's kind of doing that. That's true. Like, he seems to be in a different country every fucking time I talk to him. Yeah, he's definitely doing that. And but he also strikes me as someone who's like very independent, which is yeah. crazy too because he's doing animation. That seems like the hardest thing to do <laughs> as a digital nomad. Like fucking animation is like yeah. so technical and like requires you know some equipment in most cases, and it seems extremely labor intensive. That's so yeah. wild. It's really cool though. He seems really cool. But um, yeah, the one one of the things that I ran into a lot was just like uh, loneliness. Like mm. it was kind. Of- messing me up and um and then like uh just simple things like like my like accommodations like i would stay in like a airbnb like this one airbnb i stayed in it was infested with mosquitoes uh-huh and like every night like i would sleep i wouldn't get any sleep because i was just getting like fed i was just like a feeding <laughs> like i was like a just like a sitting duck for like all these mosquitoes it was oh, just god that's the I'd, worst like, wake up and like i would have to sleep under the covers yeah. and then like my like i wouldn't realize my hand was sticking out and i'd wake up and my hand would just be like covered in mosquito bites oh my god like there was hundreds so, of mosquitoes it i don't know where they were hiding because i couldn't see them oh day, but like they would like come out i don't know what was going on but like those things like little things you just can't anticipate before going somewhere and you don't know how it's going to affect your like productivity and your routine and stuff like that yeah um yeah but but i would recommend it to anyone who has like the ability to do it i would recommend it at least for a few months and you know everyone's gonna have a different experience so yeah that's cool and so lately i saw you've been getting into some digital painting yeah i've been taking some online classes um trying out some different stuff trying yeah what were those online classes you were saying were super dope uh schoolism.com it's just schoolism.com um it's uh run by bobby chu who's like uh he worked on like the new alice in wonderland movie i guess not new but the uh the the remake in like 2000 whatever like the uh, johnny was, depp ones yeah 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 mm-hmm. he was like character designer for it i think mm-hmm. and he started like this online school where he got people like all these like 
veterans in the animation industry to teach like very specific classes like painting, character design, um, environment design. And uh, I like it because it's more curated and like Skillshare, but it's also geared specifically specifically towards like viz dev and like animation. So, but I'm kind of using it as like my art school because I didn't go to art school. I'm just trying to learn like the fundamentals and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and I love that. <clears throat> I think that's so cool because I feel like you know, I feel like the paradigm has really shifted where you can get probably a a more tailored cheaper a la carte art education online now than like and and have it be better and more effective and targeted than just going to an art school and like hoping you jive with your teachers right like oh i'm going to spend fifty thousand dollars a year whatever it is uh, at this at this school because this whole school is supposed to be good and hopefully i can like hopefully i can like you know, get into the classes of the teachers that are supposed to be good. You know, it seems like such a crapshoot where like you could just take online classes for much cheaper and get exactly what you want from exactly who you want. I think that is absolutely right now the reality of things, but the, but, but the masses have not caught up to that. 100%. Yeah. Like, I don't know why anybody would go to fucking college now. Like, unless you, just really wanted to go to this one specific school for like reasons that you couldn't replicate anywhere else. But like, what is that? I can't even imagine what that is now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Like, and, uh, I mean, yes, I'm paying $30 a month and I have unlimited access to like 30 courses. (laughs) Yeah. And there's so many of them now there's like the master classes where you can just like, take a class on filmmaking with fucking Werner Herzog and Martin Scorsese and like, fuck, I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like this is incredible times. It's, it's so, it's so liberating. And I feel like, yeah, it's just shocking that we're still in this paradigm of like people incurring all this debt. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like even for the younger stuff, like even like with Wolfie school, the stuff that they're teaching them, I'm like, God, this stuff is like the same shit that they were teaching me fucking 30 years ago in school. Like, and they're teaching fucking 30 years before that. It's so outdated. Like, they're not teaching the kids about the possibilities of reality right now. Reality has changed so drastically. And mainstream reality and mainstream education is so in the fucking industrial age. It's not, it's just, it's so, it's a joke. Dude, I, I totally agree. And like, as bad as this sounds, it's almost like the generation of like people in their forties and fifties, like fifties and up, are almost like a liability to like society. It's like <laughs> oh shit, shots fired. Everyone over fifty, fucking <laughs> send them out into the desert, shoot them. No, like sorry, Kent. So it's so extreme, but like to be honest, like. Things are going to be so much better off as soon as they're gone. No, it is true. Yeah, and the fact that, like, it's so absurd, like, that the fucking the people that run this country are like in their 70s and they can't even understand understand facebook and shit you're like dude like these people can't even understand this simple social media platform let alone the vision of what you can and can't do in this reality now it's like it's just absurd it's we're living in such a strange time where it almost is the all these different eras i feel like 
like just what we were saying, like now instead of like a 50 year time period for technology, it's like five years or even like five months, depending on like this certain thing. But like, I feel like in that way, it's almost like it's almost like if you span that over like people's lifetimes now, it's almost like those people like my grandma that are like 90 years old, they're actually like 400 years old yes. from like the world from like where they are now and like even my parents it's like my parents are a hundred years old rather than in their 70s or whatever you know like they're just their perception of like where they consume their media and the messages that they take and the information that they take in and all this stuff i'm like i don't know it's never never seemed more clear to me that like so much of mainstream reality is an absolute hologram it's a pyramid scheme it's like even in the last couple of years it seems like reality is traveling so much faster than mainstream reality like like you know mainstream reality is so much slower than how the actual possibilities are going in a million different ways all at once it's it's like yeah. it's it's unfathomable well, like, I watched this Alan Moore documentary, like, a long time ago. It was, I watched it in, like, 2010, I think. And, like, he talks about this law. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's pretty, like, common, like, like name. It's, it's like, someone's law or mm-hmm. something. And the idea is that, like, human information doubles exponentially. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And, yeah, and I just read this book called Sapiens. It's so good. If you haven't read it, I would recommend getting, like, the audio book. Mm. It's it's called like sapiens a brief history of the human race or something and he talks about like when humans evolved from apes and then i think it was like 300,000 years we were like hunters and gatherers right yeah, and yeah. 10,000 years ago was the agriculture revolution 300 years ago was the industrial revolution and then yeah. like the technological revolution was what like 20 years ago or something like 30 years ago and now yeah. it's like every like we're going to have revolutions every day in like 5 years like yeah yeah it's, I can't even fathom it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how all these corporations, which certainly drive the technology forward to profit off of it, but how long they can also hold the massive potential of it to blow them apart. Like, you know, like, how can they stave off? They're developing the very technology that that can allow people to completely remake the world and not need that you know it's like it's it's so fascinating i don't know it's it's gonna be it's i i, I just really can't imagine where things are gonna go for sure and then if you think about too just like uh i was reading this thing about like the guy who invented the shopping mall he like his idea was like because in europe like the like all the the cities have so many like urban centers where people can gather in person and like talk and like interact and stuff and america was like lacking that like in like the 60s or whenever the shopping mall was invented so he invented the shopping mall to like create this like beautiful place where people could like interact and like socialize and like create the sense of community in like the american suburb and it like totally backfired and became this like terrible thing yeah and not just like abandoned shopping malls everywhere and it like it's such a symbol of like america and like those are the greatest the like those photo galleries of abandoned shopping malls are incredible yeah but like just like the idea that someone can have the best intentions yeah and and create something that just becomes a nightmare well that's what they say like the road to hell is paved with best and people's best intentions or something like that it's like it's so true like i think that 
I think that, you know, even the Nazis probably had good intentions. Like, I think a lot of people think that they're doing the thing that is good for the most amount of people. You know, I think like most people do think that, you know, I mean, most Americans think that America is in the right with the things that it does. And I don't think that, you know, like it doesn't say I can't even imagine how you could make that argument. So, but yeah, most people are like, we're the good guys. We're doing the right thing. We're fighting the good fight. You know, freedom isn't free. You can't do, you can't do all this stuff, but like, well, you're, we're also out there creating the need to have all this military as well. It's like this self-fulfilling military industrial complex prophecy too. It's like, that's what the corporate America is all about is creating these self-fulfilling prophecies because that's the, that's the business model of, of exponential growth, which is like literally an impossible thing how can something have exponential growth right like everything in nature peaks and then like goes back down and like rejoins the whole like there is no exponential growth in nature other than you know the universe expanding but i think that's just in a way that we don't understand everything's constantly recycling itself and being remade and like you know, even things that dominate are then also just reduced to nothing and consumed by the lowliest creatures and recycled. And, you know, it's so much more like, I don't know, the way that people perceive those things is is very strange. Like, it's going to be really interesting to see how all of this technology alters people's ability to see themselves. I think that's the most important. That's the coolest potential of technology is just as a reflection of like what exactly humans are and like what we're trying to accomplish and if it makes any sense at all. Yeah. Definitely crazy to think about. <laughs> yeah. We're like such about, strange creatures. <laughs> like I like to think about like how everything is almost so pointless because like the human race is like a high, I feel like the human humans are like a hive mind and like it has its own intentions that we like can't really control. Yeah. Like we're kind of like just part of like this huge organism and like it's doing things that we don't know it's doing. And like everything that happens in like society is just a result of like these higher, like, um, like, uh, events or like, you know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But that's why it's so important to just fucking find your own niche, right? And just like figure out what it means to you because there's nobody, nobody knows what what life is about and what it means. And it's all so like, it's all so quantum entangled and multi-universed anyway that like, it really, truly, I think the human experience is really about each individual person deciding what their life wants is is about. I think we have like such an incredible choice that not a lot of other entities get. Like, you know, are other animals out in the woods like choosing to do, you know, is like the fucking badger like choosing today I'm going to fucking dig this hole and go like find this fucking shit to eat and like go mate, you know? Like, I don't know how much choice is involved in it other than just like reacting to its environment and with its, yeah. with its uh you know, with its instincts. But we have the ability to even like work in our own like, work to our own detriment and against our own instincts like the the complexity 
of the human equation is so strange. It's like it is really it's it, to me it's absurd and it's fun because it's because there's the greatest horrors going on all the time. Pick any part of human existence. There's like the peak of whatever development is going on and like the people that really have it made and then there's like a whole lot of horror show and shit show like everywhere and all in between no matter what time in human history you look at so it's kind of like this absurd you know horror tragedy comedy everything in between and and like you know it is all it is almost like a netflix of experience like what genre of experience do you want to have with your life like what do you want to choose do you want to be in a comedy do you want to be in a drama do you want to be in a fucking horror film like you know i mean some people are just thrown right into horror films obviously and from yeah. you know they like wake up and are murdered and they dead and you know whatever they starve to death or they are dehydrated and you know die like you know there's p- people doing right now on this planet but it's like it's it's too hard it's too hard to even fucking comprehend the scope of it it's not like you can look at it all and go like all right now i'm gonna figure out how i'm gonna like make the difference in this i think it's only through like oh what is what is the story of my life what is my passion and then finding how to like become a happy fulfilled human being and then figuring out how within that to make the people in your sphere better you know, like, like uh, impact in your sphere better. And if everybody's thinking like that, then theoretically all spheres can kind of create their own good niches, you know, but it's so strange that it really is. And like, and the fact that like everybody just goes about their fucking day and then like, just like forgets about it or doesn't acknowledge it or like talks about like, Oh, Trump said this today. He fucking did this. What do you think about that? And you're like, what do you think about fucking all of human history? Like, this is just like this whole thing is just a giant merry-go-round. And like in that yeah. way, in that way, there's probably some of the least amount of suffering ever to go on on the planet right now. Although maybe it's corrected because there's more and more people now, you know, there's like less well, people. The way, like The way I think about it is like if you had like a balloon, like a deflated balloon. Yeah. Like drew like a circle for good. Or like a, you drew like a little dot for like every possible scenario around the balloon, mm-hmm. and then you just blew up the balloon. All the things would increase in size, but they would still be the same proportion to each other. Yeah, I wonder if it's like that. Like, there's like I can't imagine it, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's like more people, so there's like more better off people, and there's like less people suffering in some ways, but then there's just more people and there's more people in poverty. So maybe there's more suffering. I don't even know. It's yeah, insane. but I mean, I think you're right though. Like. The, the the difference is that we can look at the balloon like we yeah. have the, the scope of like social media to like see everything that's ha- like i don't think anything that's happening right now has like never happened before like i mean from like a, 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 a like the level of specifics obviously like it hasn't happened before but as far as like human relationships go like yeah. everything that's happening in the news right now has been happening in like governments forever like yes. It's nothing new. Like the only difference is that we can see it and like shit talk each other. Yeah, and so- people are probably held held accountable more than ever now, right? Like this is probably yeah. the highest standards of ethics on a global scale that's ever existed, which is pretty exciting. Like for all the craziness humans bring and pollution and and the technology and stuff, but like the technology has probably brought us the highest level of human ethics that have ever 
that's that's ever been there, right? Because we have more and more information. We see more about the atrocities and people do react to it. And they and 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 we are seeing more powerful people people that that powerful people can sometimes be susceptible and held accountable. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a benefit. Yeah. It's very interesting. <laughs> I always like talking to you about this kind of stuff. <laughs> I know. It's so fun to just fucking shoot the shit. That's what that's what we fucking love to do. I know it's been a minute. We haven't really we haven't talked since the summit, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that summit was amazing. Um such a fun such a fun summer. It's been a, sure. it's been a pretty good fall, but yeah, it's been uh that that was one of the one of the most amazing summers of my life, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so what else so what else you got going on? So you're doing digital painting, you're taking some classes for digital painting. Are there any other things on your horizon? Any other avenues that you're like you're you're getting tingles like ah oh, this is the thing that I am also thinking about next or you know any kind of cool projects you're like ah oh, this is really I would love to work on this kind of project. Yeah, there's a few. I mean, I always have ideas for what I want to do next, but um I I made this like little paper model of a house and I was talking to you about it earlier, but, um, right. I saw a post that you did and I thought it might've been like a 3d render, but it was actually a tiny architectural model of a house that you made, you know, and, 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 and then shot it and then drew a character into it. Is that what had happened? Yeah. Yeah, This is on your Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I really want to do more, like, I'm really trying to get more in touch with like my architectural, education and like interests because it's something I'm really passionate about and like genuinely kind of interested in. Yeah. So I want to do like a series of pieces like with these like little handmade paper craft architecture scenes, but with like weird creatures like drawn in and like existing in it because like the way the light works when you like photograph like a model, it's like it creates this kind of atmosphere that's very like, nostalgic or like really interesting to me and so like that's just a kind of a short-term like interest that I have right now and then as far as like work goes the classes I'm taking are kind of helping me gear up to build like a portfolio for like visual development stuff I at some point I'd like to do that and then as far as like work right now for me I always have like my first term middle term and long term goals kind of at Mm -hmm. all times and as far as like short-term goals right now for like making money and like i want to there's a bunch of like shops in in the town that i live in that sell artwork you know like museum gift shops and stuff like that so i'm trying to like make a bunch of work that i could sell at these shops for like passive income and then and then that would kind of give me some you know monetary freedom to like start building a portfolio for other kinds of client work because I really want to start getting some bigger illustration clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of at the point where I've I've kind of maxed out with like the amount of money I can make with the kind of work I'm doing right now. So I'm trying to like get some new chops and like new skills and kind of try to get some new clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're doing the you were doing a lot of those album covers, and then another thing you were doing a lot of was the um, house portraits, right? Yeah, that's kind of my like just simple, easy way to make money. Like, you know, I can do them in like a day and, you know, 
get like 200 bucks, which is nice. And someone like sends you a photo of their house and you do like a little architectural style drawing of it. Yep. Yeah. Actually, I was just working on one today. That's so. awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I, I love that. I think that it's, I, you know, and I think we would talk about that in the, in the workshop with kind of like that, whatever interest, whatever like things that you're interested in are your advantages. And like the fact that like you something, even though, even though you decided like, Hey, you know, I don't want to work in an architecture firm. There's still something that entices you and draws you to architecture. So like, how can you use that interest and translate that advantage into your visual art and make it unique, right? There's not, a, there's, you know, if you grab a bunch of visual artists, not a lot of them have worked in an architecture firm. So like, you know, how can you, how can you use that and really create this unique flavor in your work with it? Uh, you know, I love that. And, and the same thing with the music for you, right? Like how can you, you know, beyond, you know, do getting involved in album covers and stuff like that? Like, yeah. How do you take that and, 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 and spin that into some unique vision, some advantage, uh, you know, in the marketplace that you can create with your work, right? Like always trying to think of that of uh, on those terms, like what, what can I do that other people aren't doing so that I'm not competing with other people? I'm just creating this really cool niche of the work that is like super personal to me. I love it the most and therefore it stands out because nobody else is like thinking along these lines and like incorporating all these different things together, right? Yes, that's exactly my thinking right now. And yeah. um, I'm reading this book right now called Purple Cow. It's a Seth Godin book. It's like a marketing book. But I always think it's so cool how much crossover there is between like marketing and like having an, I mean, obviously illustrators have to market their work, but the whole concept of the book is like any product that's going to succeed nowadays has to be something that completely stands out. Like there's no way you can just make something that everyone wants. Like all those things have already been made. Like yeah. there's no room in the market left for, you know, digital illustration with like line work and like fly color. Like, I mean, there, there's always exceptions, but like for the most part, there's just hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people doing that kind of stuff. So the only way you're going to stand out is if you have something that nobody else has. And, and I was reading the book and I was thinking of you cause I was like, Dan is like such a purple cow. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what we always talk about. You know? Yeah. How do what is, what is the, th what is the things that are the most you and like, just go yeah. into that. And the only thing, the only way to do that is like you always say, it's just like, what makes you different? And I was like, looking at you, I was like, well, Dan like made this like cabin in the woods and like had all these experiences that no one else had. I'm like, what, experiences have i had that maybe less people have had maybe not nobody but like you know like i've traveled i went to architecture school i'm like how can i incorporate these into my work so yeah that's exactly my thinking right now and yeah yeah and doing that on purpose too going out and going like yeah i don't know a lot of people that are doing this let me go do this and and become that person and you know i think a lot of people are like well i'm this guy and like i do this kind of thing and i don't do that kind of thing you know like i had never like i mean i grew up in a rural area but i had never like built a cabin or like lived in the woods alone or spent that much time in the woods or you know like so some of it is too like being like like okay who i am right now is not the complete picture of who I want to be and the things I want to be doing. So how can I go out there and, and like challenge myself to become the person that I actually want to be, you know, like, I think that's such, such a crucial part. And like, I don't know, I think 
probably in the old days, just out of necessity, there might have been more of that. Like, just like good old fashioned, like gumption. I don't know, like, what you'd call it, but just like, you know, like just going out there and fucking just going out into the into the abyss or into the forest or into the desert or just into your adventure go off and seek your fortune you know like i feel like there's less of that adventurous spirit and maybe it's you know i i think i think in a lot of the like our european friends and stuff and the scouts that are not american i think there's more of that where they're like traveling around a lot and doing different stuff and like going to different cultures and maybe it's more of like an american thing but i feel like there's a lot of like i'm i'm fine just the way i am i'm the best right now and i don't have to do shit you know and you're like dude you can go out and and challenge yourself. you if you haven't gone out to challenge yourself to become a better person then like this is like everybody that feels that way should go out and do it right now because like you haven't really started to find your potential yet you know you like you know one of the things that i always come back to is like you don't know what you're made of until you've gone and tested it until your back's been up against the wall until it's been like wow i just jumped in here to the deep end with sharks and alligators i'm gonna be totally consumed and drown and die if i don't fucking make something happen right now and that's when you really figure out okay i either never want to do this again or like wow this is exciting I'm fucking, now I can see my potential. Now I can feel these things that I can do. You can't just sit on the couch and imagine it. You have to go out there and find it. You have to get it. Yeah, 100%. And I think it really helps to have like a motivation. Like for me, it's like, I never want to work in the office again. Like I'm just a lot of people feel that right though. They're like, fuck my job sucks. How many people hate their job? Right. But how many people haven't done anything to go out there and change that? Exactly. And yeah, I mean, I think it helps to have a role model of someone who has done it so you can see that it's possible. And that's kind of Ghost Scouts has really helped me with and like meeting you and like, but you got to be, you got to meet people and be around people that are doing the thing that you want to do. And if you don't know what you want to do, I I think the best approach is to just list out things that you're interested in. Like interest is is the, is the first step towards like passion. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And like, and just starting to do that, starting to write out things that's going to start to, that's going to start to like engage your mind in a new way. And that's also going to put up that a little alert to destiny. Like, Oh, we've got a live one here and then something will happen. Right. Like some, like, you know, I'm sure you've experienced this where you start thinking about something, you start writing it down, you start making a plan, you start looking around in your life. And then all of a sudden you start to see these little signs. You hear a podcast, right? At some point you fucking heard me on that podcast. And then you're like, this guy's doing a workshop, but I guarantee you there's tons of people that were like, this guy's doing a workshop. I want to do this. Or like this other guy's doing a workshop. I should do that. But then they don't do it. Right. You have to be the kind of person that is like, fuck it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to try it because the worst that can happen is that it doesn't pan out the way I thought. And then, but I'm, but you can always go back to square one. You're never going to lose who you, who you like are at the baseline, but you're always giving up all these amazing future potentials by not engaging with them. Right? Like the universe wants you to engage in your destiny. Like, I don't know how I know that, but just like through my experience of myself and then through my experience of seeing like all the scout stuff and all the workshop stuff, like the people that start to engage their destiny, 
You know, like there the stuff happens. There is a 50 50 meeting that happens. Something starts to come your way. You know, like I, I don't know what it is, but there's some kind of magnetism that starts to get stronger when you set your intention and you start to fucking think about it and you make even the littlest steps and a little commitment. I'm going to sign up for this. I'm going to read this book. I'm going to start listening to this podcast because I need this information inside my brain. I need it to start changing the chemical reactions in my life yes yeah i totally agree like when you when you set an intention and you start doing things there's like weird synchronicities that happen weird opportunities that start opening up like there i 100 percent agree yeah that there's some strange like magic <laughs> that happens like, yeah, and, and I don't know if they're there all the time and you just don't see them unless you're like thinking about them and engaging them or if they really do show up more when you're engaging them. Like, you know, I think probably a little of both. They're sort of always there at the baseline. But, you know, just like a video game, the more you fucking start doing it and leveling up your skills, the more opportunities start to present themselves to you. You're just like you're just like, you know, it's like throwing more and more messages in a bottle and they're sending them out and sending them out. And all of a sudden all these ships start coming in, you know, it's like how many messages in a bottle can you send out like infinite amount, you know, yeah. like just yeah. going to overdrive of being like, I want to explore the nooks and crannies of my destiny. Let me get hype about this. Let me think of all the fun ways I can engage in it. And I think all the answers you need, I think so many people feel like the answers they need are external but I really feel like the answers you need to get started are definitely internal. And then most of the stuff that you're going to pull from on that journey is also internal. But you just need to be out there in different spaces and interacting with new people and stuff to kind of like free it up and loosen it. I don't know. Does that vibe with you? 100%. Like what I mean is like, like what I, like what I said earlier about interest is like, like the whole way, the whole reason I got to where I am right now, and I'm like, I'm not like some successful illustrator, but like I'm, I'm doing it right now. I'm like, you're paying the, the bills with visual art. That's successful to me. And you're doing things that are interesting to you. That's definitely successful. Right. And like the whole, the whole way I got here was so simple. It's all I did was I found something I was interested in. I had no expectations at the beginning and I just started following it. Like I, I started doing architecture school because I just was interested in drawing. And that's like the seed of this whole thing. Yeah. It's like I had no idea that architecture school was going to lead me to illustration. Yeah. Dude, like the end of architecture school, I didn't know. But like there's like I just kept following the initial seed of like wanting to draw. And then at the end, I was like, architecture just isn't it. But I still want to just draw. So I started listening to podcasts about illustration. And then I was like, well, this is interesting. How can I take this further? And then I found out about the workshop. I was like this is interesting. I'll do this. And then I just kept following the interest. That's like the compass. Yeah. It's like fucking Hansel and Gretel, dude, just follow those fucking breadcrumbs. It really is. It really can be very simple. And I think another important thing that you said was like, you didn't have expectations. I think yeah. so many people set a high expectations or they think something's going to be a certain way. And then when they get there and it isn't, it's discouraging to them. They think, Oh my God, what if people judge me? What are people thinking about me trying this? Oh, this, you know, I'm not the type of person that would do this. I think so many of those things are so many, so much of that stuff is just getting out there and shaking off the, you, what you perceived as things holding you back from the outside, but really they were holding you back from the inside. Yeah. It's fear. It's just fear. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fear. And just like, it's okay to not know stuff and to just go. Yeah. It's like, it is, it's like, it's like a fairy tale. You're just kind of wandering through a woods because like you've something interesting pulled you in there. And now you're in this magical forest and you're just like kind of going through at your pleasure and like trying to dodge danger and trying to find adventure and trying to find food and trying to find shelter. Right. It's like, it just is this magical fairy tale existence that I think life truly more accurately is. But then mainstream reality tries to be like, oh, man, no, you know what? It's actually super complicated. And like, see that fucking guy working at the gas station? You don't want to be that fucking guy. That guy's a loser, right? You want to be that homeless guy? Well, you know what? That guy tried to be an artist. Now he's pissing himself on the street. You want to be that guy? I feel like that's the message. It's like, it's so complicated, dude. You need to learn like algebra. You need to learn fucking chemistry. You need to learn all this shit. You know, you need to fucking read these books that everyone's been reading for a hundred years in school. You need to read this book still. It's still the still the hot book, right? Like fucking to, to kill a mockingbird, dude. This is the book you gotta fucking read. It's gonna change your fucking life. And like whatever, it's a great book, but like, you know, it's like it really is. It's this idea of like or else. It's like you better you better believe us. You better believe that that like it's almost like how what they did with religion before people could read, right? They're like, "Oh, this Bible, it's got a lot of shit. You don't you can't read, so like just let me tell you about it and you need to listen to me to get the message from God." And then people started to read the Bible and they're like, "Wait a minute. I can fucking do this and I can have a relationship with God." You know, and like not like religion is like an enlightened thing now or anything, but but it's very similar, I think, to that old school thing of like of like these institutions being the gatekeepers to life when actually you're like, dude, you could walk out into the woods and start fucking killing animals and eating animals. And like, you could fucking like that guy in Maine lived out in the woods, like breaking into people's houses for like 30 fucking years, dude, not that complicated. <laughs> right. Like fucking, he just had to be sneaky. Right. So, you know, I don't think cursive played into that much, but you know, that's the way it is. It's like, there's these gatekeepers that try to tell you how complicated everything is and how scary it could be if you fuck it up and like, Oh, don't this going to go on your permanent record. Don't fuck it up. Like I remember being so, consumed by these ideas and then like you know i just became so much of a fuck up that i realized like oh my god everybody's full of shit like they're all full of shit like i don't yeah. need to listen to any of this and i can just go do basically what i want and i'm gonna be fucking fine and i was a hundred percent right you know it's yeah. like and i'm not even that fucking smart that's what's crazy about it i've met so many people that are so much smarter than me that don't fucking get it they just don't understand that they don't need all that bullshit Yep, definitely. Yeah, I, it's so funny. Like, sometimes I'm just like, you know, you get almost used to being like um, not part of that system. Like, when you're a freelancer, yeah, and you walk around during the middle of the day, and everyone's got their like business suit on, and you're just like, you know, wearing your regular clothes, and you're like, I broke free. And like, <laughs> it's just like so simple. Like, I don't know. It's, it's probably like one of the best feelings ever. But. It's to the point where I like I couldn't even fathom a world in which I was in mainstream reality. Like I can't even imagine what my mind would sound like if I was like someone who went to a fucking office job and like wore a suit. Like I just can't even I can't even fathom it and I can't even fathom why anybody would make that choice. Like respect to people out there doing it and I know, you know, everybody's got their own thing, but like I think so few people 
if they just started from scratch and they're like, here, you can do anything you want with your life. Go ahead. Like, who would be like, I'm going to put on this fucking this, this suit and carry this fucking briefcase and I'm going to sit at this desk and I'm going to fucking read these insurance papers or fucking do this bullshit. Like, like almost nobody would do that. It's so against everything that humans have done up to like what we were saying, like the last like 300 years, right? Like it's so strange, like what we did to get here. And then now what people spend their time doing and talking about people get like outraged by hunting and shit. You're like, you know, this is like how people got here for like, like your ancestors did this for like thousands and thousands and thousands of years to like get you to here. Right. Like, Like the scope of like, people's vision about existence and reality is so painfully small, which seems ludicrous because it should be larger than ever right now. You know, it's like, it's this weird paradox where where we have the God's eye yet more and more people are like crammed into these fucking cities and these cubicles and all this stuff. It's so fucking strange. Yeah. It's so surreal. It's so absurd. It's like, I don't know. That's just what makes me be like, you can't take life seriously because otherwise it'll get you. Like, life is serious, but you have to go through it taking it not seriously or you'll go insane. Yeah, definitely. It's just a big game. It's like, just just have, like, just do fun shit. You're going to die. Just do fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like, and I love what you said about like, you didn't, you just, drawing was what was interesting you. And for some reason you saw it in the, in the realm of architecture and you're like, oh, I'll do that. But like you were following this passion and even though you invested this time in architecture and you thought that's, that was going to be the outlet for it, you were like, oh no, this isn't it. I'm now going to keep following this through architecture, not worrying that I've already invested time in this and people are expecting certain things of me and like this is what normal people would do. I'm just going to keep on following the trail of passion crumbs, of gummy, of passionate gummy crumbs and just keep going because that's the thing. If you always follow your most passionate things in life and like the things that like nostalgia nostalgia is there as part of your compass too it's going to it's going to help you plug things into your story right like your past is part of your story and you're always heading towards your future and your 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 past should be your your present should be some kind of balance between your past and your future right a comfortable balance between where you've been and where you're going right and and i love that you were able to follow it through that's such a crucial part so many people get snagged in that net of like okay a drawing got me here i really want to draw this isn't as much drawing as i thought but like now i've got an apartment and like i've got some loans and this is a steady paycheck and um my girlfriend would probably break up with me if i like quit this job and my parents might think i'm weird and they might give me shit and like that might feed into some other weird insecurities that i have right there's so many people get caught in these weird nets that really don't have anything to do with them where if they could do it for free, if they didn't have to do it, they would easily shake that off and go, Hey, this is totally my choice, man. I'm out of here. Why do people think that it's not up to them? That's the strangest question. Why do people, why does anyone think that the choices in their life are not a hundred percent up to them? Like if they're not locked in a cage or if they're not a slave or something like that, why do they think that it's not up to them? Because truly it is. Yeah, I know. It's it's a spell. It's like a spell of fear. Yeah. 
I think I really think it's binary. I really think that the universe is like it's paradoxical and it's binary. Yeah. There's love and there's fear. There's attraction and division. It's like follow the things that are attractive to you. Yeah. Then you have the force of like the universe pushing you. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. in mainstream society is running away from fear. That's the that's the force that that is running that engine. Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. like it's it's simple. Like just do the things that you want to do. Like you'll figure it out. And yeah, everything you just said, I totally agree with. Yeah, I so. think our culture really is so fearful right now, especially. Like there's so much fear and hatred you know and being blasted at us and it's it's in our fucking earpiece it's in our fucking pocket all the time people can't escape it and to the point where literally we've agreed to keep a tracking device with us all the time like we we everybody knows their phones are listening to them and tracking their position all the time and like they're just carrying it with them because they just need to be connected and they need to know and they need to tell people what they thought about that in that exact moment and it's so such a strange, like manic, like stressful, anxiety driven, fear driven place that people are in, you know, and it doesn't seem like it on the surface. Everybody's like posting tight pictures on their Instagram and they're like living it up and like, oh, my life's so cool. You know, and it's like this like happiness porn, like this like this like lifestyle porn where you're just like showing like out to a great meal and like here's my family all smiling, you know, and like Uh, but yet none of them are like living a passionate life. And it's just like then they like then the smile goes away. It's like Melania Trump when those like that clip where like she's talking to Donald and like she's smiling and then he turns away and she just like yeah. goes to a like a default frown and you're like oh god that's like everyone that's like everyone right now it's yeah. so strange and people talk about the epidemic of like anxiety and stress and like you know feeling like their lives aren't as good as the ones they're seeing everybody live but everybody's feeling that way it's like again it's like this strange hologram that everybody's kind of clued in on but everybody's still opting into it's a very strange thing like yeah like totally like you could just f- throw your phone away and yeah, never, yeah. And you're not, not required that. to have you, it yeah <laughs> that's the weird thing about america is like we have the freedom like like if you take advantages of your freedom in this culture, you can be very free, but most people give up those freedoms voluntarily. They fucking, they, they wear a device that retracts their movements that records the things they say in order to better market to them. And they, they, uh, they agree to get into financial debt. Like they volunteer to opt into this system that is crippling to what, can possibly make them happy in their life even though we're like in the 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 byline the ad line for america is like that we're this great free country and it's true you can be i feel like i live a very free life it's a it's a very passionate based life it's more dreamy than i ever would have thought but like it's very much my own and it's very much different and like I've gone out of my way to make it that way. And if you don't go out of your way and opt out of things, like you're not living that. You're not creating that for yourself. Like you have to opt out of these things. You can't you can't actually opt into everything and also have that happy 
life where you feel like you have free time and space to think and peace of mind and time to chill with your kids and time to connect with your friends and and feel fresh when you sit down to do your work, right? That's what everybody strives for. But And this was an insight that I got taking the summer off. Um, you know, when I, I, I'd stepped away from work, like I could have kept working and my brain was like, keep going, keep working, you know, don't, don't lose the momentum, blah, blah, blah. You love to work the most. But I was like, no, you know, I'm going to go kind of counterintuitive. I'm going to slow it down even more because I just want to like take this summer with my kids when, when Wolfie's only going to be eight this summer, Junie's only going to be three this summer. And then when I was talking to everybody now that falls here, I'm like, man, this was like the greatest summer of my life. Like it was endless. And dude, not one person that I fucking talked to said that everybody goes, dude, really? Wow. This summer flew by for me, man. fucking, I didn't get to do anything this summer. And I was like, huh? And like a lot of these people are like my friends who are contractors and they can kind of set their own pace and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, that's so crazy that it was like this little decision that I made. And of course it's like, it's a luxury because like, you know, I'm like saving up money and like, you know, I'm, I'm in a good paying gig with this Netflix thing. And I'm like, ah, I can afford to step away right now. This is the first time that I've been able to kind of do that. But, uh, you know, and, but I know a ton of people that make enough money to be able to do that. I've even been talking to people about this, right? Me and Chris Murray were talking about this, uh, at the summit. I was like, do you have enough money to kind of like step away from, you know, like doing the freelance grind and just like, kind of like take some space and like kind of do your own thing. And he's like, yeah, I can. I just, I just got to do it. You know, I don't know why I haven't done that yet, but like, that's the thing. And like, and it was counterintuitive even for me to go, ah, you know what? I, I keep thinking I want to slow my life down. Let me actually put my mouth where my money is and slow this shit down for like eight weeks. Right. It was like six or eight weeks, not even that much time, not even that much to sacrifice. If you think about it in the grand scheme of a year, And then, you know, all of a sudden it was like, yeah, time just stood still. And I had all the time in the world to chill with the kids. I had all the time in the world to go to the beach. I had time to build. I had time to just do whatever. We did all the scout stuff that was a blast. And yeah, that struck me so much was just that everybody else was just like, like they had time warped through the summer and I had just like 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 just just strolled through this leisurely thing but it was all in the same time frame and it was like i don't know that was really interesting to me definitely yeah i think uh it's almost like another one of those paradoxes where like right now it's like you have to actively create free time yeah or downtime yeah and if you don't get off your phone, then you're never actually going to have downtime. That's true too. You could even be on vacation, but never fucking let your mind be on vacation because you're like, you're posting and then you're checking and then you're looking at other people's shit. And then like, yeah, I like periodic, like I haven't been on social media that much and like, I'll post when I have stuff to post, but like, you know, most of my work I can't share right now. So I've been off again. Another thing, like now that I can't share the work that I'm doing, um, as actively, it's like, I'm not posting as much. And then I'm like, wow. Like when I do post, like I get way more caught up in the metrics of it and like the reactions of it and like, Oh, I should interact with the people commenting now. And like, you know, like, I don't know. It's nice to be okay with letting go of the leash for a bit and being like, fuck it. It's okay. The world can go on without me. I don't need to try to keep pace with the world. Like, like it's always going to be there. I can turn it back on and I can turn it off and I can be outside of it and then I can jump back in. I'm not going to miss anything. 
and people aren't even going to fucking realize I was gone either. Like people, you know, like people will be like, oh, dude, like, oh, I didn't even know. Like what? You know, like, like I'll be like, yeah, I moved out of L.A. like eight years ago. And people will be like, dude, I thought you left like two fucking years ago, man. Like, you know, like because everybody's in this wild time warp. Nobody even fucking you think that people are like. Like, oh, where, oh man, he hasn't been doing shit. He hasn't been posted. Like, nobody fucking notices. Nobody fucking cares. There's so much other content out there. You know, like, it doesn't matter. It's cool to step away from it. Definitely. Yeah. One little change I've made recently is, and I, and phones are so addicting. So sometimes it's tricky to like get into this routine, but I won't check my phone until like 6 p.m. That's awesome. And my day will just be so much better. Yeah. Like, if I wake up and check my phone, it's like I have this addiction for the day. Yeah. Like, it, like for the rest of the day, like every thirty minutes, I want to check my phone. Yeah. But if I don't check it until like dinner time, mm-hmm. my day will be more productive. I'll be happier. I'll feel better about myself, and I won't have wasted so much time. Like yeah. it's just, it's so simple, but it's it's hard for people because it's so addicting. Yeah. But one thing I wanted to say about um what you were saying earlier is like how everyone has the choice to break away but no one does and like have you read any like kurt vonnegut yeah definitely tons of kurt vonnegut when i was like in my college time frame yeah he's so good this is like one part i can't remember what book it was but he uh he has like this pet bird like the main character has this pet bird and he like decides to let the bird go and the bird, like, he opens the cage, and the bird just, like, flies out, flies around the room, and then he just goes back in the cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good analogy for, like, humans right now. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, you, and I remember realizing that. I remember when I started to realize, like, if you just live, I was, like, a teenager, and I started to realize, like, your clothes are made in, like, sweatshops and, like, all shit. And I was like, I was like wow, if you just live your normal life, you're like you're like participating in like unimaginable heartache and atrocity and like the things that we all would agree are terrible yet you have to you have to go out of your way and opt out and like be be like a weird person to like get out of that thing and i was yeah. so angry like, i was like what the fuck like what what and that's when i started to realize like oh the world's fucked like everyone's fucked like none of this is how people are presenting it it's actually the total opposite and if i keep listening to them i'm gonna be a miserable fuck and i'm not gonna give a shit about any of this just like most people you know so like you almost have to do the exact opposite of what mainstream reality tells you it almost is the exact opposite and if you go the exact opposite direction you're probably going to be way happier and it's going to be way easier to figure out what you actually want to do the thing that blows my mind the most consistently is through you know through the workshop or scouts or just fucking being being me and just like talking to people because I inevitably always want to pit people's brains about their passions and stuff is like how many people don't even know what they would do if they didn't have to like I was just like the other weekend I was just talking about talking with one of like my high school buddies we were like at at my other friends like you know cookout and you know we see each other maybe once a year and we're just shooting the shit and and I was asking him you know he has just a regular job and kids and stuff and I was like what would you do if you fucking didn't have to do this shit if 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 you you know if 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 you know, what would you do for free? And he's like, I don't, why are you asking me that, man? I don't fucking know. And I'm like, what? Like so many people, if you ask them, like, I think like seven out of 10 people don't even, haven't even seriously thought about what they would really love to do with their life, 
which is yeah. insane. I think part of it, so my, my mind goes to two places with that. Part of it, my, one part of me wants to say that like participating in like mainstream reality and society erases like your personality a little bit. Yeah, like, I think school does. I think like elementary school and high school makes it, yeah, it's, it's none of it is geared towards you. It's all right. geared towards you being a part of this system. Yeah, and then I guess my advice to people would just be to always make – oh, even if you are participating, to always maintain interest in, like, the things that you find interesting. Or, yeah. Because like, that's, like, the only way you're going to get out of it. But, like, the other – another part of me wants to just say maybe there's just, like, 70% 70 of the population's, like, personality types is that such that, like, they – genuinely like i feel like there are some personality types that are followers and like can't think for themselves they're like, just by... sheep i don't know though i have a hard time i have a hard time th i i see it like they're content like i do think there are people that are living in mainstream society that are content and happy like for some, sure like yes i mean i think that there are i think that if you find your passion within the within like you know i think that it's per it's definitely it's definitely possible that you find your passion completely within the the confines of mainstream reality and you're good yeah. but it's impossible to be happy if you don't if you're not like passionate about what you do like that's I just it's, it's just it's just not possible yeah i see just, yeah I you know and yeah, and, and so much of mainstream reality funnels you away from the things that make you happy and funnels you into things that society needs you to do, right? Like, this is what we need. Fill this need. I mean, that's why it's been the same yeah. forever, you know, right? Like, and I, I think you're right. And I think a lot of people who are functioning within the system happily are people who are leaders. Yeah. You know, like people who aren't taking orders from people. But I do think there are some people who are taking orders from people who are genuinely happy. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, and I think yeah. probably you find that in the more niche things, right? Like guys that are fucking Navy SEALs, guys that are NBA players, like, you know, like those real things that you'd have to be really passionate to excel in because you have to be the best at it, right? Like yeah. probably a certain amount of those people are fulfilled and engaged and, and really into it, you know? Yeah. But some people just have personalities and they just, it doesn't bother them. Like they just. But I, I feel like a lot of that is the programming and the brainwashing though. Could be like, it's like you're saying there's like an underlying like sadness for those people. Yeah. I just think like, yeah. Like, you know, that if they were in a small village where they grew up, and people were helping them do what they liked to do, you know, they would eventually, like, find out what that was, you know? And that doesn't mean that it wouldn't be what other people around them are doing, you know? It could certainly be, you know, I think collaboration and inspiration and all that is definitely part of it. You know, it's not like you have to go off and, like, be this lone wolf, like, doing completely your own independent thing to be happy, right? Like, of course, yeah. you can find it in a, in, a, in within a, within a, within, like, a cultural structure. But, yeah, I think that, you know, it's just, it's just not, they don't, they don't talk about passion in school. That's not any, you, you don't, you don't get up and take your turn teaching the class. You don't do self-guided studies 
Um, you know, there's, there's none of that. There's none of that. None of, no leadership stuff goes on in school. No self-empowerment stuff goes on in school. Um, they force you down this very narrow chute, you know, and yeah, they're actually- like, figure it out within this. And like, I think a lot of people are just like, oh, this is the only thing that there is. There isn't anything outside of this. So like, I think if people, if they had a blank slate from the beginning, they would project upon it what they wanted to find you know and like they would figure out some version of their passion like i think everybody not to me not to say that everybody would be this incredible individual person i think there are like sheep people that like to follow and there are more leadership oriented people and stuff like that you know i think those roles would always exist but i think like people kind of just being having like a nice level of self-confidence and like knowing what they like to do, knowing what they don't like to do, you know, cause it's like you basically want to follow your passion through life and you want to execute the things that you have to do to keep following that passion, but you don't want to have to get involved in things that you have to do that don't have to do with your passion. Right. Yeah. You want to get I, those out. Those are the things that really trap you. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I heard recently, are you familiar with like Montessori schools? Yeah, I know about it. I don't know a lot so, about it, but yeah, I didn't either. But apparently, from from what I what I understand, I think it's Montessori. Yeah, Montessori, and then there's Waldorf schools too. I grew up across from a hippie community that almost all the kids went to Waldorf schools, which are like yeah. much more like individual and creative teaching based. Right, but I can't remember if it's Waldorf or Montessori, but like I think it's Montessori where you um, it's exactly what you were just saying, and I think it's the best education like system is basically. Starting from like kindergarten, the the kid chooses which subjects they want to study, and then they just pick whatever they want to study like the whole time they're in school. And like, I think it has like an insane amount of success rate. Like people who go to Montessori schools like have like so much more like um, satisfaction with with the career that they end up in, and they're much they have a much higher aptitude for the things that they're doing because they learn so much quicker because they're interested in it. And you're also going, hey, what do you want to do? You're going to drive this thing forward, right? We're not going to tell you. We're going to help you drive this thing forward. That's a completely different model than sit down. This is what's important. If you fucking talk out of turn, you're getting in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. There's not nothing. Yeah. it's. And then they're like, oh, by the way, it's the law that you have to go. And everybody expects you to go. That was the one thing that fucked me up super bad as a teenager. Because I was like, this is all bullshit. And then my parents were like, no, this is important. You have to go. And I was like, it was such a mind fuck. I was like, why do my parents think this is important? This is not important. Like, this is none of this is important. And I was 100% right for me. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right for necessarily everybody. But I think as a model it's stifling to what makes human beings great. What makes human beings great is their ability to create from nothing, to innovate, to, you know, find the things that interest them, to seek out those patterns that are pleasing to them, um, that they want to, that they want to exist within, uh, you know, but, and it's, that's the highest level and the lowest level is, okay, let's make you an automaton that does what other people who only care about wealth want you to do like that has nothing to do what is what does wealth have to do with a creative animal absolutely nothing 
it only has to do with like power and greed and like the lowest lamest parts of humans and our whole culture is geared around the worst parts of what this creature can do you know it's just like crazy yeah it's totally about like money i think it's totally just fear it's just people scared and trying to build security for themselves that's basically fake and could collapse at any time yeah and yeah and also like the concept of just like you know what you don't have to earn as much money as possible you could actually make a life for yourself on a lower budget than you think most people's decision making process goes what's the job where i can get the most amount of money and what do i do within that job to keep getting raises to keep making the most amount of money and then all of a sudden most people's lives revolve around what do I do to make the most amount of money? Guess what? It's not good stuff, <laughs> right? That's not good stuff. Definitely. The things you're going to be doing are not going to be satisfying. They're not going to be good for, right? It goes back to that thing of exponential growth. It's an impossible, it's an impossible, terrible idea. It's, a, it's an insidious, cancerous idea, right? Cancer is something that has unlimited growth potential. Until, yeah. it, until it kills the host, right? It's like, yeah, it's not, that's, it's like, it's not performing its function. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I'm not like smart enough to debate like capitalism versus this versus that. I just know that the idea that you need to go out there and make as much money as possible is a false goal. That goal, that has, that is not a goal. Money is not a goal in and of itself. That's like saying, I'm going to try to eat the most amount of food that I can possibly eat. And every chance I get, I'm going to eat the most possible thing I can. I'm going to base every decision I can about having the most food all the time around me and I'm eating it. How would that work out for anybody? Obviously, terribly, right? So why do people make the decision with money? Like almost everybody I know and care about makes the decision based on money. And that's just like, it's ludicrous. Already, you've already started out in a thing that is that it's so hard to be happy with that model. It's so hard to be happy and it's so hard for all the people around you to also be happy because now you're in competition to figure out who can work for the least amount of money because the employers also want to make the most amount of money. You're already setting up this impossible paradigm that's not in your it's this impossible paradox that's not in any way, shape, or form in your own self-interest. It's only in the self-interest of the people that are the richest, which is yeah. insane, right? It's like it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we got over an hour and a half of the books on this. We're getting cool. we're getting meaty and juicy on this. Stop talking to me about this stuff. I mean, that's why I was attracted to to Ghost Scouts in the first place. So I, <laughs> I hope it resonate so much. But I think you really helped me kind of brace all these ideas I have in my head, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like I don't, I don't feel like I know this stuff. I feel like I'm just always thinking about this stuff and I'm talking with you guys about it. And it's all, it's all just an ongoing, amazing conversation because the beauty of it is reality isn't one thing. Reality is always changing and culture is all based on perception. So it's very exciting to think that through evolving conversations and evolving perceptions, that's the way that things actually change. It's not through politics or all this. It's like, as we see, it's technology changing people's perceptions. It's, it's interesting conversations as podcasts, it's videos, it's, it's art. It's, you know, it's, it's the best. It's the, you know, getting in, getting involved in the idealism and what are the best things that we can create and all that, that is the most interesting 
part of reality to me is how malleable it is. You know, and again, I think that's one of the big things that we've touched on is like, I feel like people feel like, I feel like most people think reality is one hard, stone cold, hard thing that is immovable object that they have to bend to when it's the opposite. You are creating reality. We all wake up every day and create human reality, human culture every single day from scratch over and over and over again, right? We're building with what we did yesterday, but we could all wake up tomorrow and completely change it. We're not being physically controlled in most cases, you know? So like, that's the most exciting thing about it. And that's, I love having, you know, just jumping up on here and, you know, maybe making sense, maybe sounding totally stupid. Who who fucking knows? I guess it probably depends on who's listening, but you know, I I love having the conversations with, with you and and all of our friends, you know, it's like, it's great. Oh yeah, man. Totally. Cool. So, um, so where can people find you? Um, on Instagram, it's Max Wilkins illustration with underscores in between all the words in that. (laughs) And then maxwilkinsillustration.com is my website. Nice. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, uh, all right. That's it. We'll say bye to the listeners, and then we'll click off and wrap it up. All right. Bye, all right. everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> now, there is a lot of meat on the bone on this episode for you to just gnaw on. I know that you young up and coming visual artists out there are loving all the great ideas that Max put out there. He's out there doing it. He has freed himself and you can do it too. You know what I'm saying? I'm so, it's so fun to jump up on here and talk with my man, the camp champ. The camp champ is here. Max Wilkins, mouse barf himself. You know, the man who drank the mouse water and live to tell the story. (laughs) Oh man. I hope everybody enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, yeah, sorry about the couple weeks that, uh, we missed. I'm gonna try to make it up to you. I'm gonna try to get a couple extra podcasts in this week. Um, definitely trying to get four podcasts in a month. So we'll see if I can make that happen for you. I'm talking to some juicy guests that I know you will appreciate. You know what I'm saying? Bringing in another heavy hitter. Um, If uh, anybody is interested in the 12-week online group workshop, Um, I'm trying to figure out what next year looks like for me right now, 2020. I'm thinking of doing um, round six of the 12-week online group workshop uh, in January and kind of trying to gauge people's interest in that. Um, There's a waiting list if you go to uh, goshrimpglobal.com and you click on workshops. You can sign up for the waiting list. Um, a lot of people have been hitting me up and saying that they that they uh, want to take the workshop. A lot of people uh, hit me up after the episode um, with Dalton on it where we talked a lot about the workshop. Um, if you feel like that would be something that would uh, bring joy to your life, then um, go take a look. There's a lot of info about it on the website and uh, and shoot me a message if you're definitely ready to sign up for it. Um, in the past, it's been 10 students uh, and the last time it was $1,000 um, to sign up. 
So uh, if that sounds like something that you are interested in doing, let me know. Um, I'm gathering that vision of 2020, baby. You know, I always have my plans of what I'm going to do if uh, there's no big things happening. And then inevitably, a lot of big things happen. I actually thought I was going to do, I was planning on doing four rounds of the workshop this past year. Um, and, uh, but you know, once I was doing the first one, I already got this, uh, viz dev job, uh, on escape from hat for Netflix and I'm still working on that now. So, uh, that's been pretty much what I've been working on this year. So that's what you got to do as a freelancer, you know, line up a lot of quantum possibilities for yourself and then, uh, see what shakes out, see what the universe has in store for you, you know, and see what you have in store for the fucking universe. You know, it's a two way street and you're driving baby. Um, so yeah, uh, let me know, hit me up, um, get on that mailing list either way, if you want to sign up now or in the future, but if you're ready to throw down cash right now and sign up, let me know. Cause yeah, I'm thinking about, uh, I think that might be fun to, uh, to hit one in January. Um, so that would be, uh, January, February, March, and it's actually 13 weeks because we have uh, crits every week. We have 12 assignments. So that means there's a 13th wrap-up week. And we have a lot of fun. All the info's on the on the website. Check it out. Chiggity, check it out. Um, yeah, basically just been working on uh, Escape from Hat and having fun with that. I'm going to be done uh, supposedly November 15th is my end date as of now. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously can't talk about it much, can't share anything. Um, and probably be a couple years before this movie's out. Cause it's, you know, just at the beginning of the process, they've been working on it for about a year now. Um, but, uh, I think it's going to be really fun. I've learned a ton from it. Can't wait to share what I've done and what I've learned with you guys. Can't wait to get the director, my homie, Mark Osborne on the podcast to talk about it. Once it's all out and about, it's going to be really fun. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's about it. All right, let's get to these Netflix. I mean, (laughs) let's get to these Patreon shout outs. Um, so if you, love this podcast and you want to support it, um, go to patreon.com slash go shrimp. And, uh, that's where you will do so. And I give a big shout out to the $1 supporters, that green smoothie level that wake up and get that nutrients for your body and your mind and your soul with that green smoothie. Um, at that $1 level as a group, I shout you out, shout out. Thank you very much. Every dollar counts. Um, and if you want to pledge $2 or more, you get that a juicy old beef stew shout outs and kicking it off. We got my man Alejandro Fuentes workshop alumni in the house. We got a lot of workshop alumni in this Patreon group, which is amazing. That means that these people have been through 12 weeks of listening to me and they still can't get enough. They still want more. That's pretty fucking cool. Um, big beef stew shout out going to Jesse Cuckadani. Big shout out to Go Scout Butterflesh, aka Seth Bird. And of course, this these shout outs are for all the people who supported episode 68 with my man Dalton Stark. So 
they supported that, they get the shout out now. If you want to hear your shout out, go support. Um, and right here we have the man himself, Dalton Stark, aka Velvet Dojo, aka Dalton Doodles. Go support him on Patreon. Uh, big shout out to my man Frogodile Dundee, aka Steve Winfield Meyer. Big shout out to Jesse Primo, workshop alumni. Get yourself some beef stew. Big shout out to Ryan Sims. Going out to Armenia to the Queen of Comics, the one and only Shamaram, another workshop alumni out there living that dream, crushing it, crushing it. Big shout out to Michael Broncado. Give yourself some beef stew. Big shout out to Craig Bowers. Big shout out to Bark the Dog, B-A-R-C, my man, Alexander Lansang, a.k.a. Dusty Lupus, a.k.a. releasing, finally releasing his expose of the Ghost Scouts called Secret Cult, the Bruce Biggums Investigation. It's coming out on Halloween. You got to peep it. We're going to have him on the podcast to talk about it. Maybe we'll have him on the day it drops on Halloween. That would be this Thursday. I think we're actually going to be headed to Maine to hang out with the Melhus clan at the Norway Brewing Company, our homies over there this weekend. So maybe before we go on Thursday, we'll record one with Bark and uh, and and get the word out about this Bruce Bigham's expose. It's hilarious, like 25 minutes long, an amazing movie that we made at uh, at at um, Ghost Scout training camp last summer um, at year seven. And uh, and he has some animation in there that's off the charts. Amazing, amazing stuff. So I can't wait for people to see it. It's so fun and truly um you know, the the types of projects I love evolving during camp. You know, it's so great. I want to do a lot more of that. Um, big shout out going to Chris Murray, a.k.a. Mr. Husband. Get yourself some beef stew, my friend. And don't forget to take that time off, homie. You can do it. Get those personal projects up so you can get paid to do that shit you want to do rather than get the paid to do the stuff that people are just paying you to do. Because you got those skills, homie. We believe in you. We believe in you. Uh, Big Beef Stew, shout out going to Matt Bollinger. Oh, slide another sloppy bowl of beef stew down the bench to Sam Bag. You know he's got a fucking bag of beef stew on his back. Uh... Big shout out going to Michael Joran, aka Joran Thornton, workshop alumni and go scout. Double, double, double whammy, double handy. Give yourself a double hand job. Get that beef stew in there for lubrication. Big shout out to Chris Burke. Big shout out to the homie Jesse Moynihan, Adventure Time alumni. Go support Forming on Patreon. He's back at it. He's doing new stuff. We got the stop motion legend. Get some beef stew over to Anthony Scott. 
Hope all's well on the west, west, west coast. Big shout out to my neighbor and new best friend, Kent Osborne. Get yourself some beef stew, homie. Big shout out to Arguably Art. Big shout out to Ghost Scout Cheeky Bookie, aka Alexi Giroux. Big shout out to Devin Newman. You know I got some beef stew with extra chunks going to my man, the Nobby Wood, aka Bobby Morgan, workshop alumni. Continuing to be extremely productive, cranking out the nostalgic 90s hits. Be sure to check him out, the Nobby Wood. Big shout out to Lermy, aka Computer Person. She's out there on that momentum, popping out the residency, you know, going after that dream life with both hands and both feet, jumping out the cage like Khabib. We got my man Shell Durkin. Yeah. Fucking Durkin Donuts, dude. Get it. Get, 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 get it. He's doing commissions, too. I see my man Shell doing some spooky commissions on Instagram. Get at him while it's affordable, because I think my man's about to blow up. We got my homie, my employer, Mark Osborne. Big shout out. We got Daniel Foothead, a.k.a. Ghost Scout Sports Magic, getting the shout-out in the podcast today. We name-dropped him, as we often do, because he is a man out in the world. He's doing it. He's living that dream life. Dr. D. Foothead, if you like psychedelic animation, you're going to love it. So check it out. Big shout-out. Oh, with that $3 going above and beyond Fellow Pratt alumni, Raphael Tang Hall. And coming in at that marinated steak tip level. You know, at $5 and up, you get that juicy marinated steak tip on the grill. Going out to Puerto Rico for my girl, Yvonne Santiago, from the workshop. We got to get her on the podcast. We got to get the scoop. What is going down in Puerto Rico? You know, there's all kinds of shit going on over there. We got to check in with our local correspondent, the homie. Um, Big shout out, big, big marinated steak tip shout out going to Johan Elverby. Oh, yeah. Put your freaking chompers into those meats and let those juices drip. Because I'm talking about another marinated trip, chip, tip, 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 tip on the grill for none other than perpetual output. Get another steak tip on that grill sizzling for Skylar Bloom. Oh, workshop alumni, you know she loved them marinated steak tips. We're talking about Kayla Dakota. And you know these are always vegan and non-vegan options because we got those vegans on the roster and we love them. We love everybody because we don't look for differences. You know what I'm saying? We look for what we have in common and we got... A lot in common with everybody, because we all creative animals in this infinite universe, baby. 
Big shout out to Eric Melhus over there in Norway, Maine. We come in, we come in. Are you ready for the Bandit Clan? We're about to invade the Melhus Mansion. You know what that means? We got a juicy episode of the podcast coming this weekend, straight out of the Melhus Mansion. Um, we got another steak tip on the grill for Charlie Parisi. We got another steak tip shout out going to Pablo Meiji, aka Young Wolf T. We got a shout out going to another workshop alumni, Zeta. All right. Oh, and oh my God, let's rewind that because that he hasn't switched categories, but that is the $6.66 shout out. And you know what that means. The $6.66 level is none other than you asked for it. I delivered Satan's marinated tube steak shout outs from the depths of hell. We're talking about grilling up the tube steaks in hell, people. And you know, we've got, last but not least, the year six camp champion, Beard Lips, a.k.a. Crognack, a.k.a. John Mansfield, cooking up that Satan's marinated tube steak. And that's vegan for my man Crognack because he don't eat them meaty, meaty meats, you know? All right, there we go. That's it. We got the shout outs in. Hope everybody had a great week. I know you're going to have a great week coming up. Energized off this podcast. Hyped on my man Max Wilkins out there doing it. Hyped on freaking Velvet Dojo last time. Talk about doing it. The It is yours. If there's anything that you take away from this podcast week after waiting for weeks, after coming back for more weeks and finally getting an episode, it's that this is out there for the taking, people. It's out there. Don't worry about it. Go out and freaking make it happen. Don't think about it. Be about it. You know, sign up for them workshops. These people are taking workshops. They're taking my workshop. They're taking other workshops. There's so much stuff out there. You don't need to go to a fancy, expensive art school to be a visual artist. You need to get around the right people, okay? You need to figure out what you want to draw. You need to get really good at doing that through putting in the work. You need to get it up. You need to get it out on a website. You need to get merch up. You need to start emailing and messaging and DMing people you want to work with. Local bands, friends bands, indie artists. You know what I'm saying? Come in at that level. You will start to get work. You will start to climb that ladder rung by rung by rung. Before you know it, you're going to be an established visual artist. You're going to be living the dream, and you're going to take it as far as your ambition is willing to go. You know what I'm saying? So while you're out there pursuing the goals this week, get that dry erase board out. Get that weekly planner out. Get yourself hyped up. Make sure you take a little time to get someone else hyped up, too, because that's the mission of this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell their cousin about this podcast go to the Patreon, subscribe to this podcast, you know, support me, help me help you, support me, support you, supporting the creative revolution that is happening in the not-so-distant future, parallel realities, quantum entanglement, 
You know what it all leads up to? We are going to turn the tables on all this mindless corporate fucking commodity, all this stuff, this this evil brain that is infecting the world. That's not real, people. You know what's real? People connecting, people helping each other, people inspiring each other. We are all creative animals in this goddamn infinite universe, and we're put here to pursue our passions. That's what we talked about today. That's what we talk about every time on this podcast in one way or another because that's what the human experience is really all about. So hug your kids, hug your siblings, hug your parents, hug strangers. Doesn't matter if they look like you, sound like you, believe in the same shit. Trust me, we got all got much more in common than we got in conflict with each other. And don't forget that. So be positive and be productive this week. All right. And I'm going to come hit you with some bonus episodes. All right. Peace.